Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, January the 2nd, 2023. I almost messed up. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, January the 2nd, 2023. It is currently 1139 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where obviously it's a brand new year, and you have to really think about it when you say, after saying, after turning on this microphone day after day after day, hour after hour after hour, saying, welcome, everyone. It is this day, 2022. It is this 2022. 2022. It is really odd and weird to say, good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is January the 2nd. And then you you have to stop. 2023, a brand new year. And well, we're going to just continue doing what we've been doing. We're going to continue to turn on this microphone and talk about doctrine and theology and church history and commentary about what's happening in our world, and we're just going to try to produce as many programs as possible to benefit you. I don't know how many uh, episodes we will do in 2023. Um, I haven't gone back and counted the exact number for 2022. It's probably, it's got to be getting close to 900, or it had to be close to 900. Um, That's what we try to produce um, somewhere along those lines. So hopefully 2023 will be even more productive hopefully even be more valuable and even more beneficial to you in your Christian life. But I was sitting here in my studio and I get a notification that I received an email. And I looked in my email inbox and the email arrived on January the 2nd, 2023 at 11.16 a.m. Central Time. So not too long ago, all right? I get the email, I open it up and it says, hi, And the spirit of today's question. Now, they are referring to the Today's Focus podcast uh, episode that I did just a little while ago, where we looked at this idea that someone claimed, someone in an article and someone in an email that was sent to me made the claim that basically Christianity has made up the idea that faith means you can never question and you can never doubt. And I called that into question. I'm saying, I don't know what kind of Christianity you were exposed to, but we should question, we should doubt, we should struggle. So this person emails me and says, and spirit, uh, and the spirit of today's question, and, 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 and that's the question I challenged everyone is, hey, We should be able to question and doubt. What are the benefits of a Christianity that allows you to question and doubt? What is the negatives of it? And what are the benefits and and the negative characteristics or, or results of a Christianity that doesn't let you question? But they said, in the spirit of today's question, I'm definitely questioning this morning's email from the Blue Letter Bible app or the Blue Letter Bible from BLB, Blue Letter Bible, all right? I've underlined and bolded the specific text that isn't sitting right with me. I've looked at the commentary and I'm still scratching my head over this. This may, okay, and I'm not going to tell you what they, they think it makes it sound because we're going to look at it and we'll, we'll, we'll do this in a minute. So the Blue Letter Bible app, I recommend to everyone. And I guess maybe through the app or through the Blue Letter Bible website, they have a thing that you can uh, sign up for that is referred to BLB Daily Promises. 
BLB Daily Promises. This is the Blue Letter Bible Daily Promises. Basically, it's a daily devotional that I'm guessing is sent to your email inbox. I have never signed up for this. I if I if I've seen it, I either just ignored it or didn't give it much thought. But someone obviously signed up for it, and then they saw something and they emailed it to me. As soon as I saw the email, I was like, "Ooh, okay, wow, that that is definitely disturbing." And then. And I think that's all I responded to them was with what, oh, wow, this is disturbing. But then I started looking at it going, okay, okay, we need to talk about this. You know what I'll do? I'm not going to wait. I'll just turn on the microphone, go live, and we'll do an initial. And remember the way this podcast works. I like this to be very real and very organic. So this is one of those situations where the initial broadcast, I may just kind of throw out some thoughts, throw out some ideas, depending on reactions. Maybe we will circle back to it, but I'm definitely going to raise a lot of questions, going to raise a lot of doubts, and hopefully you will join me in trying to figure this out. Are you ready? Now, I have taught on this passage before because I've I spent, what, four years uh, going verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but I don't rely on any previous understanding, so I'm going to set aside any previous understanding. We're going to look at this anew and see what we can come up with. But this is the email that they received today, and this is, this is the entire, that they basically copied what they received. Blue Letter Bible, or BLB Daily Promises, Blue Letter Bible, January the 2nd, 2023. And then here's the verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, all right, this is obviously Jesus speaking, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. John chapter 14, verse 12. Now that verse has been cited and quoted by many. Typically in the charismatic world, this has been cited over and over and over again. There have been arguments put forth against the charismatic interpretation. Charismatics have put forth their arguments against the non-charismatic interpretation. And there's a lot of disagreement on how we should understand this verse and how we should handle it. I know that's shocking, right? No, it's not shocking because there's disagreement on how to handle every verse within Christianity. But I will agree that this is one of those ones that you look at and you go, wait, what? Uh, (laughs) this is the one you raise your hand and going, Hey, uh, could you say that one more time? And could you say it really, really slow? Because it sounds like you're telling me that I can do greater works than what Jesus did. I need you to read that slowly. So let me read it to you one more time. John chapter 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. All right, now, there, there's, there's, there's much we can do with the verse, but Let's read what the Blue Letter Bible Daily Promises devotional had to say about it. Here is the paragraph. You ready? Here we go. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit allows the believer the privilege of greater works to honor the omnipotent and loving 
God. That first sentence is a doozy, all right? Because if you're acknowledging basically the omnipotence of God, the omnipotence of Jesus, right? Because Jesus is God. You're telling me I can do greater works than the omnipotent God? Uh, he's got, he's, um, okay. What, what do we, what, we got to be very careful here, right? I just, I think that's weird that, hey, we can do greater works <laughs> to honor the omnipotent and loving God. I, 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 that just, that just seems like a weird, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If God is omnipotent, how can I do greater works? Uh, so you, you see where I'm having some struggles here? Okay, let's continue. How sweet and wonderful is the life of the believer who trusts in the risen Savior. Hey, it's sweet. It's a sweet and wonderful life if you trust in the Savior. Simply having the faith of a mustard seed allows us to do wonderful things for the glory and honor of Christ. Not only will we have the power to do the wonders of Christ found in the New Testament, but we will also be able to do other incredible miracles. So according to this article that you, as a Christian, you now have the power to do the miracles of Jesus and even greater miracles. <laughs> wow, okay. As believers, we will see God's goodness and greatness in the work he does through us. May all glory and honor go unto him forever and ever. Now, I've got some serious, well, I've, man, I got some serious issues here. Okay, first of all, we, what we would have to do, and I'm just going to give you some ideas. The first thing I would challenge you to do, if you really want to dig into this verse today, is I would challenge you to start in Matthew and go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. Now there will be obviously overlap and repetition. So you'll need to, you know, what's repeated. You'll just have to, you'll have, you'll put one. You'll, well, this is what you'll do. You'll go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you need to make a list of every work slash miracle that Jesus did. Every work slash miracle that Jesus did. And you need to write it down, right? So you'd write down, okay, in Matthew, here's the first work or miracle Jesus did. In John, and then, and now where they're repeated, you would be like, okay, that this miracle is repeated in Matthew, Mark, Luke. You get the idea. And you say, that's crazy. It's not crazy. Because you need to look specifically so that you see the works, you see the miracles. And then you ask yourself, okay, if Christians today have that power, where in the world is it? Where in the world is it? See, once you see the actual miracles and the actual power, walking on water. All right, there's one. Have you seen any Christians pull that off lately? Calming the storm. How come whenever there's horrible storms, where are the Christians in every city going, tornado, stop, hurricane, go away, Blizzard. So there was just a blizzard. How many people died in the big blizzard that happened over the holidays? How many, how many people died? Where were the Christians stopping it? Wait, raising people from the dead. Where is that occurring? I mean, like, so immediately you have to go, mm, but, but I, but, but see, I think that's the place to start is look exactly at the miracles Jesus did. And then ask yourself, not only forget the greater has it, is anyone doing the actual equal? Okay, forget the greater part, just the equal part. So immediately you, you're like, mm, that verse can't, 
Uh, we got a we got a problem here. We we've got we got serious problems, right? But I really would challenge anyone who ever wants to have that argument, right? I would just look. I before before this is the way I tended to do things. Before we're going to argue, we got to at least establish certain facts. We got to do some observational study, and it's just an observational study. Make a list of all the works and miracles Jesus does from. Uh, I was going to say from Genesis, from, well, if you think about it, ah, I just, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, hang on. Let's go to John chapter one, John chapter one, John chapter one. I wasn't even thinking about this, and all of a sudden, it just hit me. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This place is creation as a work of Jesus. That nothing was made, that, that, listen, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Everyone, we identify the word as Jesus, right? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. All things were made by him. Now, if you're putting Jesus as creator and I can do equal or greater works, what am I creating? <laughs> okay, Right. I mean, I mean that 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 would put the power of omnipotence in our hands. That we literally we would have to be omnipotent if we have that same kind of power and we could do the same kinds of things. All right. Um, I say, uh, okay. Speaking of Christ, Colossians chapter one verse fifteen: Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him, speaking of Christ. Were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Not only is he the creator, he's the one upholding it. Now, if you're going to say that I can do greater works than Jesus, that I can do a greater work than creating the heavens and the earth. Clearly, right there, that, that, that tells you there's something, there's something about John 14 that we've got to rethink. We can't just read it and say, oh, we can do equal or greater works because Jesus is the creator. That means I would have the, the ability to create. And if I'm going to do a greater miracle, what would be a greater miracle than creation? So immediately that, 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 but I see, that's what you need to do. If you'll go through and just look at all the things, Jesus, all the works and miracles that are attributed to him, you, you, you immediately are going to be like, say, okay, wait, John 14, can't you agree? We've got a problem. Any reasonable, rational, logical person who's still connected to reality 
to some level. And I and I am not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be uh, rude in any state, uh, shape or form. But I so many times see Christ- that charismatic Christianity has such has so detached from reality that having reasonable conversations with them sometimes is just it's never going to happen. But but I think that's where we start there. If we're going to understand whatever is going on in John 14, we have to start right there and say, OK, in fact, let me go back to John 14. John 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, immediately, you either have to eliminate the work of creation, which maybe you could try to make the text eliminate it. But even if you eliminate the work of creation, I still want you to have a list of all the other works he does. And well, I mean, the gospels mention, John mentions him as creator, but go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and establish just all of his works. Just have them down, right? Because once you do this work and you keep it in a notebook, anytime you ever come up with anyone throwing this verse at you, you won't be tossed to and fro. You can go, okay, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Let's consider all of his works. Now, if you consider all the works, let's look at reality. This is not happening. You know it's not happening. I know it's not happening. And if you can't acknowledge that this isn't happening, then we can't have a conversation because you're operating in the world of delusion, and I'm trying to still operate in the world of reality. I mean, that's not to be mean, but I mean, sometimes you got to say something to a charismatic like, hello, you know, reality is still here, all right? So I think that's the first thing. Now, let's look at the verse itself. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. Now, we could ask this question. Is it possible that Jesus is referring to a specific kind of work? Is, is it possible is, is there a way to limit that? I'm not saying it is, but, I, but I, I'm just raising the question. Now, if we go back to John 14, 1, and read down to 12, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, and whether I go, you know, and the way ye know. And I think when he says, I go to prepare a place for you, I don't think that means going into heaven to work on heaven. I think that means going to the cross because it's through the cross that he prepares the place for us by paying for our sins. But that's that's a whole different discussion. All right, John 14, 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? But Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can cometh unto the Father but, my, but by me. If you have known me, you should have also known my Father also. From henceforth you know him, and you have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so a long time with you, and yet thou hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and thou sayest then, Show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am, the, I am in the Father, and the Father in me? 
The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth the works. Believeth me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or believe, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily I, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, I don't know if that text, I was, I wanted to read the text just to, to at least spark your thinking to go, oh, is there, is it possible that the works Jesus is referring to here is a very specific kind of work? Is it possible? Is it the work of preaching? Is it the work of teaching? Which work is he referring to? Or is it all the miracles? Right? Now, the word work here, and we will use the Blue Letter Bible app, the word work here, if I can find the Blue Letter Bible app, here it is. I'm not saying this is going to answer anything. I'm just trying to help you walk through this. John 14, 12. He that believeth on, he that believeth on me, the works is this Greek word. Strong's G 2041. Ergon. 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 Ergon, it's used 176 times, 152 times work, 22 times deed, one time doing, one time labor. Um, Strong's definition is this is a, it's a work, a toil, an effort, an occupation, an act, deed, doing, labor, work. So it seems to be like kind of your occupation, what you're trying to do. Um, It's outlined in biblical usage. It's a business, employment. That which one is occupied, that which one undertakes to do, enterprise, undertaking, any product, whatever, anything accomplished by the hand, uh, art, industry, or mind, an act, deed, thing, done. The idea of working is emphasized in opposition to that which is less than work. So it seems about the work here is like the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm doing. I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out here. I'm going to type in the word work. I'm going to type in the word work. I'm going to limit the search to um, the Gospels. All right. I'm going to look at the word work and the Gospels. It's used, in, work is used 16 times in the Gospels. All right. Uh, Matthew 7 23, to see if this helps. Now, I, we'd have to look up the Greek word to say it's the same Greek word, but we're just looking in the Gospels here for the word work. And then I will, I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. All right, that's, that doesn't help us. Matthew 21, 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work in my vineyard. Uh, Matthew 26, 10. When Jesus understood, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. That's Matthew 26, 10. Mark 6, 5. He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now there kind of connects work with possible miracles. So there's a connection there. 
Mark 13, 34, for the son of man uh, is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the, uh, the porter to watch. Mark 14, 6, and Jesus said, let her alone, why trouble her, she hath wrought a good work. Luke 13, 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. John 4, 34, Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What, what, what work is that referring to? Is that the work of miracles or is that the work of redemption? Is that the work of the gospel? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to at least throw it out there. All right. Then in John 5, 17, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. John 6, 28, they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And John 6, 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Now, it's interesting that work here is, is con connected with the idea of the work that God wants you to do is believe. That's kind of interesting, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, just throwing out concepts, just throwing out concepts. John 6, 30, they said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Now, Jesus says that the work of God is to believe, right? Um, the, I got to go back. The Blue Letter Bible app just made all of those things disappear. Okay, all right, here we go. All right. Um, so, uh, so Jesus says the work of God is for you to believe. The disciples are like, hey, uh, what, what work are you going to do so that we can believe? John 7, 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work and ye all marvel. Now, I think that mar work there is referring to a miracle. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. John 10, 33, Jesus answered him, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou, has been, thou being a man, makest thyself God. And then John 17, 4, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. John tends to focus this work on believing or and especially John 17 work uh John 17 4 the work here has something to do with redemption so believing and the work of redemption the work of salvation just 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 a thought now let's go back to John 14 let's go back to John 14 verse 12 verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father now Jesus is leaving now now, now please note these works are specifically connected to the fact that Jesus is departing Jesus is going to go back to the father he's going to go back to the father so in a sense Jesus preaches redemption preaches salvation he obviously provides salvation in the cross right his preaching ministry is limited to a a specific area right he goes back to the father now those who believe on him are to take up that work first we believe that's 
the work that's the work that God calls us to do that it's called a work now the reason we don't believe that that we're saved by a work is because we, the reason we believe is because God gives us the faith that's a whole different subject but then we now take up the message of preaching the gospel we now take Jesus took the message to a very small area right now he accomplished redemption which is uh, the greatest work so i don't think it's referring to the fact that we will do a greater work than providing redemption, providing salvation, but we do a greater work when it comes to salvation and the fact that we take the message and we took the message, the believers, since the, since the ascension of Jesus, took it around the world, took it to the entire known world where Jesus' ministry was limited to a very small geographical region. Jesus did not go that far. But if you go from Acts and then later in the writings of Paul, he talks about the gospel has been sent to every every creature. The gospel has gone around the world. So I, I think the work there, which work is that? Is that the miracle? We, I think everyone takes the work there to refer to the miracles. I, I know it could be connected to that. But clearly, but clearly, if it's connected to the miracles, we, we, things don't seem to make sense to me. One source said this. One source said this. All right. Um, so what did Jesus mean uh, that his faithful followers would do greater works than he? Without a doubt, the works of Jesus' followers would be greater in extent Jesus' earthly ministry had been largely limited to Galilee and Judea. His disciples, however, were going to extend his ministry to the uttermost parts of the earth. When Jesus ascended to heaven, his followers numbered in the hundreds. Forty days later, in response to the preaching of the apostles, that number leaped into the thousands. And by the end of Acts, the gospel had made its way to Rome. Jesus links the works of his followers with the fact of his return to heaven. In fact, he says his absence is the cause of their greater works. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have see, I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Please note, it's his ascension that brings this about. Jesus later told his disciples that the gift of the Holy Spirit descended on uh descended on Jesus, returned to, uh, returned to heaven. It was through the Spirit that the church is enabled to do the work of God. Jesus also links uh, the greater works. Uh, uh, Jesus also links the greater works his followers will do to the promise of answered prayer. His very next words, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The words of Jesus in John 14 were of great comfort to his 11 disciples. He was about to be arrested and suffer a cruel and unjust death. The disciples themselves would be scattered that night. But Jesus assures them that no matter what happens, God's work will continue in the world. Now, I, I, I think it's very important that the word work here, I think, has to have a limited meaning. I don't, I don't think it can refer to the miracles because it just doesn't happen. I mean, Jesus is creator. We can't do greater works than that. If you look at all the, he walked on water, calmed the storm, healed people, rose, raised people from the dead. That's not happening in Christianity. So I think that eliminates the word work there referring to that. I know it can be linked there, but it's linked to two things. Believing 
and and the work of the gospel, the work of redemption. Again, Jesus said, is it, is it John 17? It's John 17, I believe. He says, uh, John 17. Let me find it really quick and take just a couple of seconds to find it. It's John 17. Let me go back to that. Because I think this really, because it's in the it's in the Gospel of John. And if you just look at the Gospel of John, I think you can get the idea here. Let me look, uh, look, do a search really quick. The I know it's in John 17. I just got to find it. John 17, 4. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And I think that work is in reference to the uh, to redemption, to the gospel. And, and, and it's, it's to believe. So anyone who believes, so think about this. Jesus ascends back to the Father, right? Now, look at how many believe. Obviously, there's a greater number who believe after Jesus' ascension than ever before, right? Christianity spreads to the world, and the gospel is preached around the world. The word of God is being written and published around the world and that Christians the Christians are involved in the work of redemption and salvation and preaching to a greater extent than what happened when Jesus and his earthly ministry that's the only thing that makes any sense to me that's the only only sense that's the only thing that makes any sense to me um I am gonna do something here I'm hitting the microphone I'm gonna look at something I'm gonna look at a commentary. I'm going to look at a commentary really quick. I'm just curious on what people do with John 17, 4. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Just to add to this discussion. Just to add to this discussion. Let's look up John 17, 4, and maybe if I could type right. John 17, 4. So when you get in a hurry going to go to the blue letter, uh, and, and I'm going to go to Bible Hub, because that's where all the commentaries are, all right? Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, that's not super helpful. Okay, many expositors use kind of a Pro, uh, a proleptical or anticipate, basically anticipating assertion of the completion of his earthly work as though the passion were already over and he was now uttering uh, basically that it's finished at the cross. All right. Uh, he goes, this is, however, included in the next clause. The night has come when the earthly ministry is at an end. So in other words, when Jesus says in John 17, four, I've completed the work, that it's basically he's anticipating He's looking forward to the fact that I ha- that he's speaking of it dogmatically. I have I have completed the work of the passion of salvation of the gospel. Now Jesus, in a sense, he preaches the gospel, but in a limited area, right? So the disciples are going to far do greater works in and where they preach it and take it. It's going to go around the world. He per- he does the greatest work, obviously, of providing salvation, but we do a greater work when it comes to the gospel, not in providing it, but in our proclamation of it to uh, to everyone around the world. 
that we're involved in a greater work of the gospel of redemption because we're sharing the gospel with people all around the world. And Jesus' earthly ministry was in a small geographical region. That's the only thing that works to me. The word works there, I think, is reference to believing, belief, and the gospel and redemption. And we do a greater work because far greater number of people believe after Jesus' ascension than before. And then we, those who believe, take the gospel and spread it around the world far greater than Jesus did. That's the only, that's the only way I can understand it. Anything else, it falls completely and utterly apart. Now you may have a you may have a better way of working it out, but I wanted to try to work through this in regular time. But here's what I would do before I would even get into these other arguments about the word work and and how maybe it's being used, especially how it's used in John. John seems to kind of have a different use of the word than maybe some of the other gospels, which then would challenge us in how we interpret John 14. But listen to me carefully. Here's here's to me is the the thing you have to do, go look at all the works Jesus did. And I would just start with the work of creation. You're going to tell me Christians are going to do a greater work than creation? Obviously not. Therefore, this can't be referring to the works of, of miracles. That has to be referring to a different kind of work. Different, obviously, John 14 demands a different kind of interpretation because there's no way anyone connected to reality would say we're doing anything close to what Jesus did. But go and make a list of all the works Jesus did, and then you can, you can see it for yourself. You don't need me to try to convince you of it. You'll see it for yourself. All right, there we go. Just kind of an impromptu look at, well, what got sent out to millions of people. I think millions, I, I don't know the number of people who use the Blue Letter Bible uh, webpage and have signed up for that uh, devotional. We'll say hundreds of thousands received that in their email inbox today. And now they may be walking around thinking somehow they have now supernatural power to do greater works than Jesus, which is somewhat frightening and somewhat disturbing. We did not give a definitive, I don't know if there's a definitive answer, but I try to show you how to walk through some of the text, seeking an answer. And that is the value I want you to see in what I just did. The value wasn't me just saying, the answer is simple, here it is. It was trying to walk you through the steps so that you can learn to find those answers for yourself when you're confronted with these kinds of things. But you can always just email me and then you know that I will try to give you an answer, but you just know I'm never gonna give you a simple answer. I'm always gonna try to take you through the steps because I think that's more important than giving an answer. I don't like just giving people an answer. I'm always like, oh, oh, that's your question? Well, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Some people won't do those things and then still want to argue with me. But I like to, I like to see us, I like to perceive us trying to figure it out together. So there you have it. All right. What's your thoughts on John 14? I'm going to read it from a different translation. John 14, 12 Truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. What do you think about some of the, the ideas I put forth? Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That is newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening.
to this Theology Central podcast episode for January the 2nd. Yeah, I'm going to keep repeating the year 2023. See, if I keep repeating it, then it will become natural, all right? But thank you. This is kind of, in a roundabout way, the first official Theology Central podcast episode. I mean, we did a Today's Focus, which is its own series. I don't know what series I'll put this in. I'll, put, I'll probably put this as, oh, we'll put this under the hermeneutics uh, series. So the first episode of the hermeneutics series for 2023, all the different series that we're doing, but we, uh, I hope you appreciate all of them. And because I'm trying to turn on the microphone as much as I can, as often as I can, well, to answer questions and to just keep our focus on the things of God and hopefully uh, 2023 will be beneficial to all of us spiritually. And if there's anything I can do, please email me, newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Everyone have a great day. We will be doing more live broadcasts today. I promise we'll do more today. But for now, this concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. God bless.